you've taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker, one arc at a time. I'm Calvin. I have seen a lot of Star Wars. I'm Wyatt. I've seen, uh... Oh, I've can't seen think a little. Uh, sorry, I, I can't think of it. Uh-huh. I'm usually clever. I've seen I've seen some Star Wars, just a, just a bit. My name's Andy. I've seen a little bit of Star Wars, and today also, I think we're gonna spice it up. And also that I might continue doing this for my intro. Um, I've decided that since I've started working at Starbucks, something that will like make the time pass by is thinking about what the characters from Star Wars would order at Starbucks. So I'm going to tell you today what Anakin would order at Starbucks <laughs> before okay. we launch into this. So Anakin would, or- I thought, I literally thought about this all day today. <laughs> he would order a venti dark roast thinking that the dark roast, thinking he's being a badass by ordering dark roast because because th- he'll think it's the most caffeinated when actually dark roast is the least caffeinated coffee. Mm. Um, so he'd order that and then, and he'd get it black because he's like, I'm cool. I get my coffee black. And then when ordering Padme's drink, he says, oh, and cream and sugar on the side for her. And then when he gets in the car, he puts that cream and sugar in his coffee. (laughs) And that's Anakin's drink. (laughs) So yeah, anyway, fun little, fun little thing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Starbucks is driving me insane. He can't have Padme's name written on the drink because their marriage is secret. Mm Mm-hmm. True. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a whole, I think, is it Fives and Echo that there's a coffee shop AU? There's the clone stuff, like I was saying last time, there's a lot of clone stuff. And I would not be surprised if there's a Rex and Cody coffee shop AU. I wouldn't be surprised if there's any pairing of clones coffee shop AU. Why? what are you playing with right now? Oh, was it Transformer? Sorry. <laughs> Can you hear like, it? What, what is this? Yeah. No, I can All see right. it, though. Um, That's fine. <laughs> Everyone gets to know your secret Transformer life. I have to fidget with things in order to focus sometimes. I hear you. I'm the same way. Um, I was actually trying to do that away from the mic, but uh, I was having trouble getting it to do the thing. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's all good. Okay. Um, Wait, really quickly before we move into talking about this week's episodes, I just want to mention something about the Umbara arc again, really quick. And it's that we talked a little bit about how they were fighting the natives of Umbara. And not robots. Yeah, they were not it was the fighting local, droids. It was the local militia. M- militia. 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 <laughs> which means that in this scenario, like the Republic are colonizers. The oh, Republic, definitely. Yeah. The Republic is, they marched into this planet that did not want them. That were like, no, we, we're not interested in you. We don't want you here. And they were like, sorry, but fuck you. We're taking over. And that was an invasion. And so like we were so much like, focusing on the whole clone aspect like the clones being killed that like when you take a step back and think about it in the greater scheme of things like that was also just like an invasion and i get i get that we can justify it by being like oh well they aligned themselves with the separatists but like i will say umbara umbara is a different situation than say like mandalore or the other neutral planets we've come across come across because it was explicitly part of the Republic earlier in the series. We had the Senator from Umbara actually get assassinated in that, uh, in the Senate murders episode. So in the Republic's mind, it's more like what the union was doing in the civil war in terms of Uh, like reconquering. So it's still like it, it, it's still fucked up and it is an interesting background thing. And it's, it's totally an intentional choice to have the fucked up clone arc be like, it's not battle droids they're fighting. It's yeah. it's people. humans. They're not humans, yeah. but like yeah. real people. Because there's there's a lot of like it's very it's brutal. It's it's dark. It's very like it's as close to like the sort of horrors of war that Clone Wars really gets to. Yeah. And having the having the Ambarans be the adversaries rather than new fancy battle droids is very intentional. Yeah, it's just something I've been thinking about. Okay, so on to this group of episodes. So, this week, 
we were talking about this before, but it is a kind of very odd group of episodes. We start with the Slaves of the Republic, Slaves of Cadavo arc, in which the people of Ahsoka's home planet have been captured by the slavers of Kadavo, the Zygerians. So Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka go to the planet Kiros to find these colonists who are fellow to Gruta, uh, to Ahsoka, and find out that they have been taken by the Zygerians. So they go to the Zy- planet Zygeria, to the slave market, and go undercover to help to, to try to infiltrate and figure out where the colonists are. And Anakin ends up getting... They all end up getting revealed and and anakin becomes a personal slave of the queen while obi-wan and rex are taken to the slave training facility way over in the Kadaba system um anakin tries to convince the queen that she is a slave of dooku the way that he is kind of a slave of the republic she makes this point to him and it's he, also the title of an episode yeah it's you know pretty obvious and then the queen gets killed by dooku and anakin and Rex and Obi-Wan managed to save the slaves from the Kadavo system. And that wraps up with a nice little bow on it. We hit a friend in need where there is a like whole, I don't know, convention, like somewhat peace talks, somewhat not between the Separatists and the Republic that Lux Com- Bonteri Com- crashes. <laughs> it's Comic-Con Mandalore. Yeah, yeah. Lux Bonteri crashes and uses hollow tracking technology to track down Dooku, which this information he sells to Death Watch. Not without Ahsoka trailing him, though. And Ahsoka and Lux kind of infiltrate Death Watch, and they've been oppressing the people of this planet. And Death Watch reveals themselves to, you know, be shitty people, as they always have been. Destroy the planet. We, <laughs> Their name is Death Watch. Yeah, how could Lux be so stupid? It's like it's like Decepticons. Like, it's just, it sounds bad. Ahsoka and Lux Bonteri escape, and Lux parts ways with Ahsoka because he knows that he can't be a part of the Republic because that's not what he agrees with, but he can't be a part of the Separatists because they murdered his mom. He can't be a part of a fringe group like Death Watch because, well their death watch so he goes yeah, well, off on his own merry he, way we'll meet up with him again later for crimes in both the republic like he would go anakin to jail promised him amnesty though did well, he? i don't yeah he was like we will offer okay we will do or he didn't promise him amnesty but like anakin was like okay ahsoka bring lux to yeah. coruscant we will do our best to offer him amnesty for gotcha did they kiss yeah, yeah. as a fake out yeah gross was they, that were, they were fucking with in canon, yeah. Yeah. Certainly Boo. in canon. Boo. Yeah. I still stand by my theory that every every Jedi apprentice has an awkward kiss with another apprentice at around that age. But Ahsoka's been in war for a while. Her only friend isn't there. So she there's it's just the, the local boy. Yeah. Where's Barris? Bring was, back Yeah, Barriss. her only friend is Barris. When we well, remember well, when Yeah. Remember when she was being hunted by those guys? Why did she kiss that girl? You know what I mean? Let Ahsoka oh. kiss a girl. Hashtag 2021. <laughs> Clone Wars is no. over. Yeah. Well, Ahsoka still, you know, is a wonderful IP. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt with my. No, I was at the end of that. agenda. <laughs> I was at the end of that summary. Um, And then we hit the deception arc where Obi-Wan fakes his death and goes undercover as the bounty hunter who supposedly killed him so that he can get into prison to coddle up, not coddle up. That's a weird phrase, but like, you know, snuggle up. Not snuggle up. That's also not a good <laughs> phrase. Um, to become bros with. Yeah, to become yeah. friends with uh, Morallo Evol, who was supposedly planning some sort of attack against the Chancellor. Uh, they wind up also being friends, uh, meeting up with Cad Bane, and the three of them escape together. Morallo Evol and Cad Bane do not trust Obi-Wan, so they spend an entire episode trying to find a ship so that they can meet up with Count Dooku, and they undergo Morallo Evol's little bounty hunter weeding out squid game-esque thing thank you andy for making that comparison um bounty hunter uh trainer thing called the box and dooku ends up putting cad bane in charge of this mission and so then they go to naboo attempts to assassinate the chancellor but obi-wan is able to swoop in and save the day by not doing his actual part that he was assigned by cad bane and then it all winds up to be a plot for dooku to show up and challenge anakin and obi-wan at in the naboo palace 
So that's all super fun and incredibly straightforward. Yeah. Um, Anakin is, of course, mad about it, but we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah. Anakin's Anakin was showing. Anakin is mad about every episode Anakin is in in this uh, this episode we're doing of the podcast. He is not happy. Yeah, his Anakin really is showing. Let's talk about the first arc. I feel I think there are like a lot of good things in this arc, but there are also a lot of things that made me go like, what the fuck, actually? <laughs> what the actual fuck? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Star Wars never handles slavery very yeah. well. Yeah. Like, this yep. is sort of a... But this isn't necessarily this arc's fault. This is a problem we talked about in the very first episode of the podcast about Phantom Menace. It's sort of building off that. They use American slave iconography and terms with ver- with mo- a, a pretty much all-white cast. There's a significant portion of the fandom that reads Ahsoka as a woman of color. So there's there's... Optics are in toilet anytime Star Wars does anything significant with slavery. Yeah, absolutely. And I I really I kept brainstorming ways that they could have made this better. And and I'm going to tell you that and then we can talk about we can move past my hypothetical. But do you remember there was I think it was a Twi'lek girl in the beginning who like dies. Maybe it's in the second episode. I can't remember. She like jumps off the she's the handmaiden of the queen of the slavers, I guess. The sexy cat lady. Yeah, she looks like Captain Amelia from Treasure Planet. Yes, yes, yes. That is exactly what she looks like. Um, And she she's like the girl boss gaslight gatekeep Captain Amelia. Literally. Um, And she her like handmaiden dies, like commits suicide. And well, I was like, Cartoon Network, no less. <laughs> I know, I know. It was like really, and then they show you her body. I was yeah. like, dude, what? This is really, uh, yeah. I swear Hello? sometimes, because remember I told you about in the Camino arc, they censored Ventress killing that clone and then kissing him. I feel like at some point the Cartoon Network censors just were like, all right, okay, Never management, mind. management has okayed us airing this show. Fuck it. Yeah, okay, do whatever yeah, they what want. are we gonna do? Um, so I think it would have been cool if, if instead of having her die, it be her story. I think having it be her story of like freeing the slaves and not and fo- focusing on someone other than Anakin, I really would have appreciated because if yeah. Anakin as like the <laughs> poster boy of slavery and like the struggles of slaves just really doesn't sit right with me and it makes it really hard to sympathize and like empathize, you know, I don't know. It makes it hard for me to be like, wow, you know, I don't, it makes yeah. me, it makes it hard for me to feel not, not for the slaves in general, but for Anakin. Like, I don't, I don't know. I find him very annoying in these episodes. Cause it's like, man, shut up. It's a um, personal story about an issue that is not personal. Exactly. Which I think is interesting. It's def it's all of this is like deliberate choices, whether or not they like work is up to us to decide as viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I enjoy these episodes for like, I honestly think they're a very good, they're one, it's one of the best examples of just sort of a straight up adventure arc, except it's got some weird sort of philosophical who's a slave thing. What I was going to say is that in context of what we've been talking about the podcast, this whole like who is a slave of who and who's a slave of the Republic. They don't talk about the damn clones. Thank yeah. you. That was literally my next point Wyatt and I think that it was an active choice not to have the fucking clones like there was what only like Rex was in these episodes right or maybe Cody one of the one of the clones there were like a couple of clones but there was not like a slew of clones in these episodes like yeah Rex gets mm-hmm. the main role because he comes undercover there yes, are clone right, right, right. support in in the first and last episode we have the we got I think mostly that Obi-Wan's 212 clones. Uh, yeah. We saw Boyle, actually, right after his boy Waxer died. Yeah, Wolfpack showed up. And, and then, yeah, Commander Wolf and the Wolfpack, as yep. always, are the rescue crew. But but that's the thing, right? It's a lot, but not in the um, Not where it would have been meaningful for them to yes. be discussing their, you know, slavery aspect of their yeah. being. And I was like, wow, so they just kind of show up to fight, but like, we're not even going to think about it. We're not even going to, we're just going to keep going. Um, yeah, I yeah. would bet that these, this was like the, the episodes were sort of pitched in order at this point because production order is now the order in which they're broadcast. Yeah. So after they were like, okay, we're doing this whole Umbara thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they were just like, okay, we're going to back off clones and we'll do a Jedi story. And then when they came up with this, they didn't sort of realize that 
It's a missed the, opportunity. Yeah, especially because again, we we promised you this last episode that the things raised in Umbara are not just left dangling. The series is aware of like the questions it's raised regarding the clones and will continue to do that. I agree with you that it's a missed opportunity in this arc. It just because means, yeah. Uh, just because there is some interesting thing about like the the Jedi as the Jedi and free will essentially because as, as we know and as the the next arc the big Obi-Wan one shows they are sort of pawns they're not like Obi-Wan has agency in that arc but Anakin gets really jerked around in a in a in a way that is also really intentional but like I don't know it 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 did not land for me. the slave slave stuff did not land for for me as well as it did in the past. Uh, I think this is because I have a better understanding of the real world context of it now. Yeah. Whereas before, and I still do think it's a great Star Wars adventure story, especially yeah. with the prequel gang. Mm-hmm. I really like the first episode with just felt very like classic. Yeah. Clone Wars. There's the a big episode. dumb. There's a big dumb creature at the end, but the yeah. set pieces are getting like bigger and more fun. But it was very like honestly, it was very Clone Wars movie when Anakin and Ahsoka had to like take out those droids. I and was it was just, just say, them when they had to like slice the bombs at the same time. Like that was yeah. fun. But yeah, in terms of like the slavery stuff, I don't know. I think. Also, I just was kind of annoyed with Anakin being like, oh, slaver scum. Like, I'm the victim. I've experienced all this pain. And then also it being like, and the Republic hates slavery. The Republic are the good guys. And it's like, man, well, Anakin, so, can you not like look in the mirror and so see what you're doing? It is an interesting thing sort of to think of because from an in-universe perspective, because we're looking at Anakin as an annoying white guy in these episodes. Yeah. And in-universe... He is the victim. Like, he has experienced all of this. He was enslaved as a child. He had a bomb planted in him at a young age so he wouldn't run away. That's like, true. That the It is, like, something that is really interesting. It doesn't work, I think, as a story in the world of Earth in 2021. But it is following the own, the like, rules and established history. It just, it just doesn't land. And it's, it's... Yeah, it's and it, there's not really an easy solution. It's just See, a problem that was created in 1999 in The Phantom Menace, a movie that generally I like. But that is one aspect I don't think I would keep if I was going to remake mm. it. But even in universe, I feel like honestly, it just bothers me that like if Anakin has really like really he suffered from being a slave and it was like a huge part of his life and it has influenced him and who he is and his ideals and then to just be like and also I'm essentially just like cool with slavery when it's clones though bothers me you know what I mean like why if he if this is something he is like so against if this is like the something he's so sensitive to and absolutely despises with every fiber of his his being. Why is his blind spot the Republic with the clones? Mm -hmm. That bothers me because it really is so clearly slavery. Like, how would he... And he's just like, yeah, LMAO. His politics are weird. And I think... I think it's partially because he has like a personal connection with them where he doesn't... He doesn't think of them in terms of the big structural issues. Yeah. uh, In terms of they are his... Like, they're his soldiers. He has such a bond with them. He sees them such as people that he doesn't recognize the larger issue with the clone army, even though he's a Jedi in a very unique spot to do so. Because he was enslaved as a kid. His The Jedi refused to free his mom, even though the Republic hates slavery, but only within its own borders and Tatooine's outside of them. So he like has been affected by it and has this, as we see in the, this these episodes, this deep resentment that fuels his dark side of the existence of slavery in the galaxy. But he's also been, I don't know if indoctrinated by the Jedi, but he, his beliefs have been so influenced by the Jedi that his priority has become the Republic. Yeah. And, and well, I also think his privilege as a Jedi is... That he like doesn't have to think about it. Like he he no one yeah. is forcing him and to he's think a about dumbass. like Yeah. So he's I really don't see Anakin being like, Oh, right, like these are all the rules for the clones and they're they're fucked up. Like he's probably just too busy with his own shit to even care. And that's I don't like that. I don't I wish it was different, but like Yeah. But it's a consistent character flaw with Anakin. Yes, yeah. That's very We've true. talked about it on sort of less real worldly issues before, but his his blind spot about his own his own life, his own friends. And how much yeah. that like takes up 
his worldview, which is not great for him as a Jedi. And but this is also a character flaw of the Jedi is that they've accepted the clone army despite not knowing like but like <laughs> yeah. we have some suspicions about how it was like the 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 reasons behind which it was created the they like the, there was episode two know. we don't but episode two raises a lot of questions there's a lot of suspicions about it and uh i mean i know but i'm not telling you yeah and, it's like uh, i i don't know but i'm sure you know <laughs> i will say this sort of story was not clarified until the first revival of the clone wars on netflix and that was like 10 years after attack of the clones mm-hmm. so it's always been a bit confusing but whack shit around the creation of the clone army whack shit around the ethics of the clone army but since they were presented with a problem galax galaxy-wide civil war that you will lose without an army the Jedi have sort of accepted a moral loss in order to win in a war, which is fucked up and is, I think, weighing heavily on at least Yoda. Yeah. All right. Some other some highlights of this arc. Ahsoka looked so pretty in her little. Oh, outfit. God. OK. Ahsoka's so pretty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going I'm going like to have to derail you to get into a behind the scenes thing because okay. I agree with you. That outfit is great. It's a it's a fantastic design. It is like respectful. It's not. Uh, you've, it's not like weird or se- like well, sexual. You've seen, I have think. you seen this? You've seen. Are you familiar with? Uh, I'm familiar with Slave Leia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's not that. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's not different that. from that. So this arc was an adaptation of a comic back in the day during. Uh, during the original airing of the Clone Wars, especially during season one, Dark Horse Comics had the license then. Now it's Marvel. But Dark Horse was putting out a bunch of tie-in comics to it because that was the only the only Star Wars thing at the time. They had the license, so they were putting out Clone Wars tie-in comics. And the original story, Slaves of the Republic, about the missing colonists of Kuros and the Jedi's mission to rescue them, pretty, with with a lot of the story beats copied exactly into the series, existed as a, as a five or six issue story in the comics but it was set during season one yeah so i was doing research into this comic because i don't think i've ever actually read it actually no that's not true i rented it from the library once but in like 2010 so it's been a while and i was looking into it and remembered that one of the big differences is that ventress is in it as dooku's hench she as her season (laughs) one role as dooku's henchman yeah that's true uh she's which I think is in that comic was probably a missed opportunity to think about her role because I I don't think the comics were that deep. The episodes are deeper than the comics. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was set during season one, which means Ahsoka is baby, baby Ahsoka. And I am going to text you an image of the outfit they had her in live on the air because it is insane. I got a blank little bubble. Did you? No. That's so funny. (laughs) I can see it. <laughs> I ne- neither can I. It's just this is a little bubble. It, okay. might, it might be taking a second to, to send. Well, uh, I'll airdrop it to my uh, phone. I have it saved on my, my desktop, and then I'm going to purge it. Yeah, because now I'm like, well, I actually can't move on until I see the image. Nor should you. Um, I can see my own blank bubble. <laughs> I've texted no content. That is a, that is such a, a metaphor for my uh, what I do on the podcast sometimes. Oh no, Calvin's done a, a blank <gasps> bubble. No way. That's oh my god. Uh, I want. I'm gonna try and like even describe. First of all, this pose that she's in. It's definitely like oh, like they tried. I don't even know. Like she's hunched over. In the her- comic, Ahsoka is doing a bit. She is pretending to be somebody else in a oh. way that is different from her role. She's doing. She. They've had her disguised as like a specific slave for some reason. For oh. for no reason. It got cut from the comic or from the episodes for a reason. Mm-hmm. So she's not like doing that as herself, the pose, but the outfit is essentially indefensible. It's awful. It's like a it's it covers almost nothing. Um, It is essentially just like a cross on her body that like covers a little bit of her boob and like the mid section. But like her sides are completely exposed um, her legs are completely yeah. exposed. And she is, like, younger than she is, right? She's, like, yeah, 14 that's like here. 14. That's the thing. This is, yeah. like, the babyest Ahsoka. This is, like, right after mid-season one. She's doing all that learning. It's I 100% get why 
I get why they adapted it. Like this was, I think a good, I think, I think I can get why they thought this would be a good arc on the show um, of any of the comic stuff. And it was written by one of the writers on season one. So it was like a, a person who, who wrote it with an eye for television, but also like I 100% get it why they kicked it down the road because we need an angrier Anakin and we definitely need an older Ahsoka. And, oh, yeah. And also, but her outfit is like nothing like the one in that picture. Her outfit's cute in the and she, well, in she, this one. She never loses. I don't remember. It, this just screams lost agency in the comic. And yeah. she's like, even though she's. It looks like something she would pick out for herself. Yeah. She's a 16 year old girl. And if she wants to show like <laughs> if she wants to show her skin a little bit, like that's fine. But in like an appropriate amount. Yeah, it looks like something I could imagine Ahsoka being like, this is the outfit I want to wear, you know, whereas mm-hmm. like I can't see Ahsoka picking out this like weird sexy black costume yeah so that's just we were spared that uh and it but it is always in the back of my head when i think of this is that is it is probably the low point of any lower than lower than the tube top of any clone wars ahsoka content and it just speaks to how much better it got than those early days yeah (laughs) oh my god like we talked in the show i think a lot of the stuff what they did with ahsoka at the beginning of the show was actually quite good on the tv series but the the like atmosphere around her and some of the tie-in content was just rancid i'm trying to think is there anything else we want to talk about with this arc i i liked i love the design work yeah i feel like it was really pretty Zygeri is great Mm -hmm. yeah it genuinely is really like i like a dusty planet you know i like (laughs) we're in the right franchise for you (laughs) (laughs) like a good dusty planet it's fun i like a dusty planet that isn't the same one yeah, <laughs> you know, I like. You don't want to go planet. back to Tatooine. I don't want to go back to Tatooine. I didn't want to be like direct, but we've been to Tatooine a couple times now. I've had enough of that. Yeah. Um. So it was nice. It was like a new place, a new group of people. The queen was weird. It was interesting how they make you feel bad for the queen. How you like hate her, and then you're like, oh, but she's a slave to Dooku. It was also I was like, I don't really care though. Yeah. TBH, but like I have the same feelings towards her as I think I would towards the new Cruella movie. Yes. Oh my god, yes. Like I feel bad for Ventress, you know? Like I love Ventress. Ventress till I die. Ventress lady backstory and what happens to her is one she's one hundred percent intended to be sympathetic. She has some fun being bad, but who doesn't go through a bad girl phase? Yeah. Like I'm not going to fault Ventress for season yeah. one. Like, <laughs> also, like, she definitely was in a very vulnerable spot and Dooku, like, yeah. took advantage of that. So and you could argue that that's sort of a theme for the Sith that this yeah. is being shown. And we're going to see. I mean, it's not as explicit because there's some just dickheads in the next arc. But like everyone is still a pawn and they're a pawn in like several. There's so many pawns and so many schemes in the yeah. deception arc that it is called the deception arc yeah yeah it's i think we're calling it i've never known like the proper name for it i either do the deception arc or the box arc for some reason i liked anakin's flirting i thought that was cute yeah Yeah. anakin flirting with that lady was fun i was like yeah there's little stuff that that i think really works i love obi-wan keeping his jedi code and having rex absolutely murder that guy Mm mm-hmm um, I love which Obi-Wan. was a great uh, it was a good Rex didn't have a huge part in this like in terms of his actual character because he was the main character of the last episodes yeah but he got some he got some badass moments I really like the design work on the Togruta I love that they're not all red or orange I've I, I just like a lot of the sort of tertiary aspects of the of the animation and design stuff that I've been praising for like the last several episodes still they're still in their stride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I really I really wish that I like if it wasn't for all the weird sort of feelings about slavery, I feel like this would have been such like I, this would have been like a top arc for me. But I just have so many things that I'm like dang mm-hmm. mad about that i'm like mm, not my favorite not as good as good as umbara but still good and i think it's good that it raises these moral questions even if it's something that would kind of go over our heads if we were kids yes it's definitely following in the grand tradition of the lemur episode yes 
Um, do we want to talk? Always talked about the lemur episode. I know it all. It all goes back. It's to the those most explicit. Like lemurs. we are talking to you about moral quandaries episode. Yeah, and it, and it's I think the first one they really do like a big picture thing instead of just a, a character based like what is the right choices for you to make as a person mm-hmm. that yeah. was the first one i remember being like hey is it is it all right to ever fight in a war yeah is it more is it ethical to be a pacifist is it, it, it when you can intervene like it was all this all this stuff that always it stuck with me since i was a kid and it, yeah. it's my <laughs> and it's star my, wars was like yes it is okay to fight <laughs> i think star wars thesis is that you should always i mean that the, the Whatever you would say about the Jedi, the the sort of the main thing on the side of the Jedi are good. They are the good guys is that you should stand up and fight for other people. And then there's all that other shit that they, that that like the sort of laundry list of why the Jedi are a little sus. Yeah, I just had this moment like this, this realization of like, I could never be a Jedi like I would not like in real life, because obviously, but like if I were in Star Wars and like I went through Jedi training, I know that I would end up being Sith. Am uh, I proud of it? No, I don't but think do you would I, be am Sith. I sure. Yes. I think you would You'd for sure gray. get you would for sure get kicked out of the Jedi Order. Yes. Okay. At least that. At least you that. would sleep with too many women. <laughs> I sure. Well, sure. But also, we've established that Yoda doesn't care if you fuck yes. people. He just cares <laughs> if you marry them. Um, but my thing is that I definitely feel like if someone, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm gonna kill for the good of humanity. But I definitely would kill. Well, I think because for like my friends, you know, like yeah. I, my Anakin would Your be showing Anakin, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I think the, the sort of the the tragedy of the Jedi and the Clone Wars is that at their best, they should not kill. And yeah. that's basically all they do now. Yeah. And Obi, Obi-Wan, who we're going to get to in a bit, has a, a, probably the, the roughest time with it of any Jedi we see yeah. on screen. He's always looking for the He's the negotiator. Except for that keeper, because fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, except for that one dude. Um, let's talk about a friend in need, quick, quick. Yeah, compulsory um, heterosexuality. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so tired of straight people. I don't really like. Well, looks. so Clone Wars can't Clone Wars can't write romance all that well. No. Oh my it's god. Cer- certainly no. not establishing it. Like the the fun sort of implied backstory with Obi Wan Satine is one thing, but if they have to build the groundwork, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like I don't... Padme and Padme and Anakin have cute moments during Clone Wars, but this was like secondhand embarrassment for like 25 minutes. I think I think half of it is intentional and half of it is not. It's supposed to be awkward because. Because Ahsoka's a monk who's maybe only had a one crush on her girlfriend. That's mm-hmm. it. But it's not great. I think it's mm-hmm. honestly comes down to Lux. At least it, he I will say he will show up one more time. But he's he's the he's not at all interesting in these episodes. But here's he's and he's never designed interesting. to look he's designed to look like, I don't know. He looks like animated Timothy Chalamet. No, because yeah. at least but like sort of a, more so. annoying. I feel like Timothy Chalamet at least is like charming. He has this like there's like a vibe that Timothy Timothy gives off that this man does not give off. You know, my biggest thing with Lux is that he's his most interesting thing is the position that he's in. Basically being like someone who is aligned with separatists who like has noble intentions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is where I think it's like really interesting. But that was more his family. Right. Yeah, his I, mom. Yeah, yeah. His, his mom, mom. In uh. The first, uh, back in season three, it was Ahsoka's first new outfit episode. Heroes on both yeah, sides. Yeah. yeah. His mom was cool. His mom, like, was a Padme mentor and who was a politician who joined the Separatists because of the, like, political idealism rather than the corporate Sith sort of plot area. Because the, the the series establishes that there's at least some coalition of worlds that just wanted to leave the Republic because they thought the Republic sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that the Sith have sort of encourage this movement for their own ends yes exactly and that's my and but the thing is though is that like as soon as she was killed and murdered by dooku any interest that lux or his family had was just completely lost because it just went and was like okay and once again the separatists are the bad guys you know they made this argument for like oh maybe it's morally gray like maybe this isn't a black and white deal and then they were like actually sorry and i guess there is a distinction of like the Separatists aren't necessarily bad, but the Sith definitely are. But it's also like, dang, I fucking hate this. Lux is boring. 
in general. Like, outside of that. But even with that, he's just not interesting. And Ahsoka is very interesting. Ahsoka is cool and funny and clever and driven and, like, strong. What is Lux? There. He's there. And I'm just like, if you are going to do a romance thing with Ahsoka, you need to give her someone who is an equal. Someone who, and this is the thing with Anakin and Padme, is I think that in those first two movies, Anakin is not Padme's equal. He is he is not the right match for her. But in Clone Wars, yes, Clone Wars Anakin is and, and Padme are like the perfect match. They are so, mm-hmm. they are both clever and they make up for each other's weaknesses like they're like power couple that no one knows is a couple and ahsoka needs that like ahsoka needs a padme she needs a barris like i'm sorry and i won't go into like a whole thing but like barris it's a small but incredibly determined ship yeah and, and i don't know barris is cool like barris is has all of these interesting things about her and she's very different from ahsoka but that doesn't mean like less interesting and i don't know so i'm like it you definitely could have done better than Lux. i think well, I think Lux is sort of a failed example of a foil for Ahsoka, where him and Barris are both definitely intended to be counter. Like Lux, I think, worked better as a foil to her in that episode where he was yes. a separatist and he was yeah. just a nice, pretty boy. Th- this is sort of a little more where he's like, they're trying to get him to dashing rogue, but he's still pretty boy. Like he's st- and he's naive and he falls for the Death Watch stuff. I will say, just moving on to the cool bits about this episode, Calvin, your favorite moment has arrived. Yes. Oh, No, I literally, okay. It's when Ahsoka cuts off or decapitates four Death Watch members at once. Um, I I honestly, that that is like the good thing about this episode in general. It's just like, like, Ahsoka's cool. Ahsoka's fucking badass. And Ahsoka's already killed organic people before, so she can murder. It can be cool. That, it's I awesome. Lo- I love her so much. They, I can't believe that any like loser nerd boys hated on my girl. She's so fun. So this is the that we're about reaching. I think it was the season three finale when she's the Ahsoka alone episodes and into this stuff. Like she is now turned a corner to becoming a, a fan favorite. I mean, it's honestly, I associate it with the design switch, even though it actually has nothing to do with it. And Ahsoka's mm-hmm. stories have been consistent the whole time. But this is about when it clicked and I think more people turned around on her and just really got used to her because she but because we've seen she's kind of been cool the whole time. But this is like about when Ahsoka is really accepted by the fandom as part of the crew. It's the Clone Wars crew is Rex, Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, occasionally Padme. And like, that's the gang. And not Cody. No, I love Cody, but he doesn't get any character development, really. Um, He does. He does (laughs) debut his new sick ass armor in the uh, Slaves of the Republic episodes. Yeah, because we've upgraded to this to the phase two clone armor. So that's good for my boy, Cody. But yeah, no, Ahsoka is definitely. Yeah, Rex gets all the clone character development. Well, I will say also one thing I like about this episode is I really love Pre Vizsla, the Death Watch leader. Yeah, I found him. He's not as compelling in the uh, initial Mandalore episodes, but he's like allowed. He's he's at full dickhead at this point and he will remain at full dickhead. And I'm it just is he's got the scuffed armor and he's still got the dark saber. And it's it's he's just murdering people, having a good time. It's it's he's a good villain and I like him. I love a good villain. I love a good villain. And it really it just is like it makes it more fun, you know? It makes shout out it, to what? shout out to John Favreau who's voicing him. Uh, oh, absolutely! Who's doing a fantastic job? Yeah, John Favreau will go on to make the Mandalorian, which is interesting. Oh, um, along with Dave Filoni, who made who is the direct supervising director on Clone Wars. But it's interesting remembering that like John Favreau, as in Iron Man, that John John Favreau, because there's another one who does podcasts yeah. like us. I love Pod Save America. Mandalorian Favreau is doing a great like I, I forget that this is like he was friends with Dave Filoni and he brought him on the show like he thought George Lucas was cool. And so he is doing this voice on the show. This is sort of I forgot how fun Pre Vizsla is in this episode. Yeah, what a what a douchebag, but like in a fun way, not in a general yeah. Krell way. <laughs> in a fun way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, R2 got a fun arc in this episode. Yes, R2 got some droid shit, but we honestly, I think, have to gloss over it for runtime. <laughs> true. Oh, that's true. I do like his sort of arriving with the cavalry moment, mm-hmm. I will say. Also, uh, we can't actually gloss over this because she'll be a recurring important character. We meet Bo-Katan for the first time, our first female Mandalorian yeah. uh, in the armor. So oh. she's cool. She'll be back. She's voiced by Katie Sackhoff, 
who uh, was on Battlestar Galactica and so is a nerd legend. Cool. Um, she yeah. she did she does spank Ahsoka in this episode, which I forgot about. I just Which forgot is, about it until you brought it up just now. How? It, it's just a, it, it surely was a different time in what, 2011? They're just, there's just some. How are uh, they like, we're going to do this, but this is the straight episode for Ahsoka <laughs> where she gets spanked by a woman. Well, and, uh, you will be more gay when she takes off her helmet. Okay, let's talk about this this fucking weird Obi-Wan arc, please. Calvin loves this arc. Yeah, it's like, it, it really is just for me a good, like, sit back, relax, crack open a beer and just enjoy some Star Wars shit, I think, you know? I think it serves the same purpose for you as the Slaves of the Republic arc does for me. Like, we just have this sort of warm attachment to it from the good old days. Yeah. This These episodes were not, like, anxiety producing, and I no. think that... That was nice. It's like I think it's the best Cad stupid. Bane content too. Mm-hmm. It's I really, fun. I really loved also, Cad Bane in this. Quick side note: Cad Bane stole knows how to escape from the prison because he stole the plans from R two in the droid shopping episode. The mm-hmm. droid shopping episode is relevant. Wow! It's uh, that's why you it, shouldn't it, skip it. It, it. it uh, it now is not this show's great divide. <laughs> <laughs> Officially. Uh, well, no, this, this show's Great Divide will always be Shadow Warrior. That's true. Absolutely. I didn't even make that connection last time when we were when we were shitting on it. That's awesome. I, I, I think I like this. Like, it, it was a fun. It, I just wasn't, like, impressed by this arc. I thought it was fun because it was mm-hmm. like, man, Obi-Wan looks and sounds different. And that's silly. And and watching Obi-Wan <laughs> pretend to be never, this, like, Never bad forget guy. bald Obi-Wan. Yeah. Did it you tell that fun. that was James Arnold Taylor voicing um, uh, Rekha Hardeen? I forgot that, I will be honest. Yeah, that it's was the same guy. Yeah, Obi-Wan's voice actor was doing both Obi-Wan and, you know, old Obi-Wan. Oh, that's cute. That's yeah. really cute, actually. Um, yeah, well, James so Arnold yeah, Taylor was... is a fantastic voice actor, so mm-hmm. I'm not surprised, but I had forgotten. Yeah. I thought, it, I thought it was fun. I thought the box episode was interesting. I thought it was cute that he was like, I'm... I'm not these. We're not going against each other. We're going to work together to get through these trials. And yeah. it's like, OK, Obi-Wan. Um, He's still but it was bringing like Jedi ideals, you know, it really was just like a little squid game moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's I feel like it just didn't have all of those like, oh, my God, I'm going to be thinking about these episodes for the next week. But it was like kind of good because. It gets tiring. You know Did what you mean? at any point think they killed Obi-Wan for real? Um, like, yes, like right when it happened. OK, I because I that was my that's my sort of main question, because this I remember this episode immediately sort of not landing for me because I was like, well, bullshit. I've seen no, the next actually, movie. Uh, no, that was my thing, though, is that I know that Anakin or Anakin. I know that Obi-Wan's in the originals, but I had this moment where I was like. Maybe, maybe there's, I, I don't know. I maybe he was a clone. I, I like doubted what was happening. Like yeah. I doubted my knowledge. Um, Fair enough. All right. It was, yeah. then it, it was worth it. I was curious how this would play for somebody who was, who hasn't actually seen any of the yeah. later stuff. Yeah. Even though like it's, it's fairly common knowledge that Ewan McGregor was in, in three Star Wars. Yeah. It was in some Star Wars movies. Like yeah. it, he was very, he's a major character. He, that whose name people know, like just in the zeitgeist. Yeah. I like the, I like the prison stuff. I like the, uh, I like the second episode, honestly, a lot when they're on the run and doing mm-hmm. all that sort of infighting. I think it's a fun sort of like crime heist movie thing. Yeah. Like I just watched I just watched Bound, the one of the Wachowski's first film with Meg with my roommate. And uh, just the it reminded me of the mafia infighting where there's just like there's no trust. And it's just it was some good sort of like underworld yeah. stuff. As Cad Bane says, he's only there for the money. And Obi Wan is cares about his money. But yeah. And Obi Wan does his sort of best Cad Bane impression to be convincing. He doesn't imitate Evol. He imitates Cad Bane. Mm hmm. Boba Fett's in these episodes, or in the one. Yeah, yeah. Calvin was <laughs> been in prison. Calvin was I talking just, to me about that. Yeah, what this, you is, would think. this is the first time that we've seen Boba Fett since um, he was arrested at the end of season two. Man, I want a. I think that the romance episode for Ahsoka should have been with Boba Fett. Like, wouldn't that be so sick? Have they ever like, interacted? Be... They've never interacted. 
Okay, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, no, no, that, that, that's. I mean, like not like, anything. No, so they were you, in. Just... They were both in lethal they track down. But Ahsoka is sent to get Aura Singh because Ahsoka is always sent to deal with the pretty ladies, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and Plo Koon puts Boba in gay baby jail, and then we get back to him here, and he looks like a white supremacist, and. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this version of Boba's character model because he needs to start growing up to look like a clone and he mm-hmm. doesn't. I know he looks ugly, actually, <laughs> just weird and very his hair. There's something wrong with it. He yeah. just um, and, well, it felt and, slapped and nobody, together. Nobody looks good in a jumpsuit. He'll show up again in a better outfit. But here here's here's my pitch. I'm pitching a Clone Wars <laughs> episode. <laughs> OK, so so something happens in the universe and they're like. Yes, we need Boba. Boba Fett has information about this. He will know this, so we're going to use him. You know what I mean? He's like, we're going to take you out of prison, but obviously they can't just, like, let Boba go, so the Jedi accompany Boba to, like, go on this mission. It's a, not Boba's mission. He's, like, a decoy or something, you, just you know? Want, you just want Boba to have been Lux. <laughs> no, yes, actually. But no, so they're like, oh, we need to make this deal with someone that Boba knows. So we're gonna mm-hmm. convince him that Boba escaped prison and that he needs this thing that actually the Jedi need. Like, some information or some sort of something. something. And then Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka go with Boba and, like, they're all, brah, brah, brah. And then something happens. Something goes wrong and Ahsoka and Boba end up together alone without Anakin. They're separated from Anakin and Obi-Wan. Mm. And they have to end up working together in order to, like, get out of some mess. Like, they get locked up in some dungeon or something. And they have to... They, the only way they can escape is by working together. It's a classic trope. Yeah. I'm and trying to have, think because I swear they have, Star like, Wars has done romance it. Stuff. It's Dark like, Disciple. Have, God, it is Dark Disciple. They we can't romance. tell you anything about that. But, have uh, I not seen this episode? Is this, like, just it's, a... a it, we'll, we'll talk canceled. about Dark Disciple in a bit. Yeah, okay. in a few episodes. Yeah. Um. So anyway, then they work together. There's like chemistry, right? And like they acknowledge that chemistry, but then obviously like Boba goes back to prison and nothing happens. But like there's like that longing look when they say goodbye. That could be fun, honestly. Yeah. They do and that. that they do that dumb Star hand Wars thing episode. in the in the escape pod in the in the Lux no, episode. That would be weird. I think it would be better for him to be like dragged away, like he's yeah. re-handcuffed and dragged away, and mm-hmm. he's like walking away. Um, I'm gonna show you guys on screen, even though nobody can just look at me. But he's like walking away, They're like, and then he's like, <laughs> you know yeah, I. And they like turn him around. I do think that unfortunately, every Jedi romance at this period in time with this like Jedi rules has to be some either tragic or unrequited. Mm-hmm. Even like even a headcanon where Ahsoka and Barris have sort of a thing for each other, it can never go well. But this would be tragic because like he would go back yeah. to prison and and they never do anything again. Like they never talk again unless yeah, they do yeah. in the future. That was a fun I don't pitch. know how Clone Wars ends up. Anyway, that was my pitch for an episode. Sorry, I derailed us. Yeah. But um, it didn't. It. I will tell you, it doesn't <laughs> happen. But uh, that's just because <laughs> you you made it up. Um. <laughs> but yeah, no. That it, was from my brain, Dave Filoni. You can't I take think, it. I think it's back to the uh, back to the point. I think that this uh, these episodes are fun, but they 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 are they've always to me seemed like they should be more consequential than they are. Yes, because mm-hmm. the things in them, like if you think on paper, the Jedi Council deceives Anakin into thinking his best friend and father figure <laughs> is dead. Then they tell him, "No, sorry, we tricked you." And he's but like, "It was right. for the greater good." And Anakin just sort of has to stew in it for mm-hmm. a couple episodes until he finally gets to do some lightsaber swinging to get out his anger. But it like, I do want to point out this episode is like a, this is a huge breach of trust in Anakin who like, I know like some of the Jedi can't, Jedi don't like Anakin because he's kind of a maverick and can be quite annoying, but he's incredibly powerful. And according to your prophecy, he's the chosen one. Why are you alienating him? Yeah. Like, not just, they're not and just his, not giving that, him special treatment. They're, like, actively not screwing only that, with him. But they were using him for, for his reaction for yeah. the thing. They needed to make it look that. real, so they, that's, it's so. So they went with the guy who would feel the most. And wh- what is the Jedi's, like, you know, biggest thing, have no feelings about things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's and so, it, it was it's terrible. so screwed up. Well, and I, I honestly wish we got to see a little more of Ahsoka's reaction, but. <laughs> I love the moment when Anakin reveals himself to or Obi-Wan reveals himself to Anakin and Anakin is just like, what the fuck is going on? 
Also, fun little moment. I like uh, Ahsoka defending Anakin when he's out, when he's <gasps> unconscious on that planet. Literally yeah. the coolest thing ever. The and Because I, she was not leaving that body. Like, because the thing is, is Ahsoka definitely could have fought them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ahsoka, it would have been hard, but she's badass. She could have kept fighting them, but she did it. She was like, I'm staying over Anakin's body. No one's touching him. And that was so And cool. the fun part is Cad Bane knows her. He yeah. knows exactly who this is. He knows that last time they fought, he fucked her up really easily. Mm-hmm. And so when she holds her own, he's like, all right, fair enough, kid. See ya. And just walks away. <laughs> I know. He says some like snarky little line. It's just like, but I'm up. Yeah. Dips his, his bigger I was, hat. I was thinking got. about that, Calvin. This is my second favorite Cad Bane content after yeah. Redacted. <laughs> um, yeah. But... Because he says the thing. He says the little lady thing. Oh, yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, it, this is because I because I, when it happens in Redacted, I was like, I've heard this before. And then somebody pointed it out on I've Twitter. I've heard this before. Yeah. Um, I love Cat. Yeah, Cat, Cat Bane is awesome. One um, of the one of the good. He's definitely up there on the pantheon of like Clone Wars original characters. He 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 always like he's never wasted in episodes he's in. He's a presence. Yeah. I love bounty hunters in general. Like any episode that has bounty hunters in it is bound to be fucking fun. He shot that dude for his hat. That was fucked up. That was crazy. (laughs) Nice hat. (laughs) And everyone was just like, okay, dope. (laughs) Okay. Like unfazed. And then Dooku roasted the brother for it, too. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I love Dooku's subtle roasts. I love whenever I was. In the uh, Citadel episodes, when uh, the annoying voiced guy, uh, whose name I, Sobek, kept calling and Duke is like, I fucking hate you. Basically, energy dripping through the hologram. Yeah. Dooku has to work with all these middle managers and it's driving him nuts. (laughs) Dooku honestly, like, is growing to be, like, one of the funniest fucking villains I have ever He's interesting. We were back on Sereno. He's aristocracy, which always, I sort of always forget... Even though his name is Count Dooku, I just think of that as like the sort of, I don't know, Count Von Evil, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget that he's 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 an aristocrat who was a Jedi who left the Jedi on his own and then became a Sith. And we don't get that. There's a book or something about that, but we don't get much of the backstory in the series of like his fall to the dark side. Mm -hmm. And he mostly takes the occupation of like sort of general. He's the Sith who fights in this show because we got Darth yeah. Sidious behind the scenes. So when we need a Sith to whip out a lightsaber, there's Dooku to be evil. Yeah. And he does. I think, I mean, Shadow Warrior is the worst example of it. Uh, not to dunk on Shadow Warrior again, because the Dooku duel at the very end of this series with Anakin or this thing of episodes was actually quite fun. He gets a fork stuck in his arm. Anakin does in the, in the mechanical arm, which was quite funny. And, uh, <laughs> It was a good little sort of twist at the end to me, even though they just done it in Shadow Warrior, where I was like, where in this one, because they've been doing because it was already so twisty, it was a fun thing. And then there's some Palpatine fuckery at the end, which I enjoy. I enjoy whenever Palpatine looks into the camera like he's on the office and says some evil shit. And then everybody just sort of nods around him and the show ends. Um, Random note, Satine is shafted in these episodes. Oh, yeah. I feel it, was, it might have been, you know, based on like re, uh, uh, voice acting, scheduling things or whatever. But like she had a single line, which I'm certain that was used in one of the older episodes and she showed up twice. And granted, like, you know, like the deception arc was like about the whole Obi-Wan deception thing. And she did not need to say anything at Obi-Wan's funeral. And it was a good that she was a presence there. But also she showed up twice and had a single line. The, the deception arc, I mean, that episode in particular has to get kids essentially straight away to Obi-Wan's not dead. Yeah. So there's no sort of time to let it sit. So we have to know the deception so we don't get to see like really much of the characters react. I do also want to point out one small great detail is that I, I'm pretty sure they have like tears in Ahsoka's eyes mm-hmm. when she has finds Obi-Wan dead, dead. I'm doing air quotes that nobody can see. (laughs) Um, And uh, we're just we're getting so much better on like the facial expressions. And I I, I don't know. I'm impressed with the range of emotion they were able to convey, even for a scene that we all kind of knew was a little was going to be not. It's not going to be a thing, but it it works well enough. 
in the at the beginning of the episode. I, I am with you, Calvin, where I think if this show had a little bit more time to breathe. Yeah, I would have loved to see Satine, Satine and Padme, like all these people who were friends with Obi-Wan, who now just sort of have to be like, oh, he's back. It was a plot. Yeah. And this is honestly one of the sort of I actually do not mind that they uh, move on from Umbara just to the next battle, because I think it works to have the clones sort of at the 501st have to stew with this as they fight for the Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Obi-Wan stuff for me, this this needed to be enormously consequential. And I think they just missed it a little bit. Yeah. And that's what makes it forgettable for me, even though every time I watch it, I'm like, man, this was fun. Yeah, it could have been more, but it was still fun. Yeah. I mean, that's um, basically the 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 uh, <laughs> consensus on all of the episodes this week. Do we have anything else to talk about? Not really. I think we're um, good. What's up next, Calvin? Yeah, was what like, are wait, what are um, in oh, what? Just a random thing. I was wondering if you would have might have noticed this, but there was that um that bar on Nal Hutta. You could see sna- size noodles leaving with two yes, men. Yes, yes, yes. Oh I my did. god, I really? remember that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't notice yeah. that. Absolute legend. No, I I had a re I rewatched the episode um like last night just because I couldn't remember something. I couldn't remember like that last episode of this arc, so I mm-hmm. rewatched the entire arc, and yeah, she was they in it. And I was like, character yeah. models so much that I'm so used to it that I forget sometimes that oh, it is genuinely that character. It's not just like yeah. another Rodian. It's the voice. It's the yeah. voice was there, and I was like, yeah. my my bitch. <laughs> we love to see a girl boss winning. Yeah, uh, girl boss. Yeah, she killed. That's so funny. She's Her on man now. Is dead, she's, now she's but she better. straight up killed him and then went to his home planet and is living it up with other dudes. Wow. Queen. What a, queen shit. What a legend. All right. So next week, uh, next time on First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. Da, 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 da. I'm never going to do that again. Um, <laughs> we finish up season four of The Clone Wars and uh, we're going to skip a little bit. Don't watch the first episode of season five. That is a little bit later. I kind of forget why they put that episode at the very beginning of the season. Broadcast order wanted the season to start with a bang. That's it. They wanted it to they wanted to follow up on the season four ending because of redacted. Yep. So we do episodes 419 through 422 and then episodes 502 to 505. So that is Massacre, Bounty, Brothers and oh, Revenge. There's some good shit in here. I forgot yeah. about the first two. I forgot, yeah, I, yeah, I, you, you, yeah, you were saying that you liked Bounty Hunters, Andy. Yeah, this is a yeah. this is a, a classic Bounty Hunter episode coming up. And then 502 to 505, A War on Two Fronts, Front Runners, The Soft War, and Tipping Points. This is one of this, I will say, one of the times that Clone Wars genuinely shocked me, like in terms of reacting to a certain moment is in these episodes. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm like, I'm thinking in my memories. I'm like fully a person at this point when we're watching these. This is like I'm like 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, yeah, we're getting into season five. That's the I last know. season. It's the last season of the original broadcast show. We're going to get we're not very far off what was originally the series finale, which yeah. will be a huge discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I it feels I feel weird about it. Honestly, I feel we're going through this so quick. Yeah. yeah. Now we're now because they're they're telling like I mean we're basically they're talking about two two stories roughly an episode yeah. a, a podcast episode at maybe three at most and mm-hmm. we're basically going to do that for the whole rest of the show and then it's what's going to be weird for me is going straight from season five to season six to season seven because it's so associated with the waiting for me. Mm-hmm. Like Clone Wars was canceled. We got like all this behind the scenes stuff. Then they finally announced that they'd finished like the remaining episodes that they had almost finished when they got canceled. Put that out on Netflix. Then the show was dead. We several years passed. They make a bunch of Star Wars movies. I was just chilling at camp in 2020, I think, or 2019. Uh, when they dropped the trailer. When yeah, I, I remember being aware that they were doing like a 10th anniversary of Clone Wars panel at Comic-Con. And I just opened Twitter and saw, oh, yeah, Clone Wars season seven on Disney Plus. And I was like, what now? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's int- do you know Attack on Titan? Have you guys heard of Attack on Titan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this a similar thing happened with Attack on Titan. That was a show I really liked. But the first season came out and it's like one of like 
the most popular anime. Like, it's very popular. It's very popular manga. And the anime came out and it was like this thing of like everybody cosplayed from Attack on Titan. Like, it was huge. Like, you would go to a convention and like that's all people were wearing. That's all people were talking about. And, like, mm-hmm. it, that was for years and years and years. Um, And there had only been one season. And so then it just like died down and nobody cared about it because it like five or six years passed. And then they were like, oh, we'll finally drop a season two after like... Yeah, and that came out like last year, right? Yeah, it came out and then they and then they just like bombed us with new seasons. They were just like yeah. two, three, four, show's done. Like Yeah. Wow. No, and, but yeah. We'll talk <laughs> no. about it more when we actually get to it, but it's it's I think it's so interesting to hear your experience on the podcast just watching Clone Wars as a normal show when it is like in terms of a completed story, the least normal show I've ever watched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything else just happened and either got canceled or ended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until Thank next you. time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You. See ya. Swag. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles. And you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot.